UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans, since 1999. Hello. Welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Randy Anderson. And today we're going to discuss the Big Ten meetings, the start of football season, and the rollout of Nike. Well, Andy, what did you think about how Coach Harbaugh came across at the Big Ten meetings? This year I have to give him an A. Last year, I, 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 first of all, I want to say that I didn't attend either last year or this year, but I looked at, looked at all the available video, and there was a lot of it. So I think I can judge, you know, fairly judge how I think he did. I, I think he deserves an A this year and a B last year. He was much more relaxed and less paranoid than he was last year. He wasn't taciturn at all. He had an outstanding 15-minute video with Donato and the group. Uh, I guess they might call that their round table or whatever. But... He was absolutely fabulous in that, and he discussed just about everything in the world, like from wearing uh, rap videos to uh, anything else that crossed his mind. But one of the things that he uh, focused on that I found of particular interest was that he was very lavish in his praise of the athletic abilities and contribution to the football team of one Jabril Peppers. I've never heard him go on and lavish that kind of kind words on a player before. He also hit the three that uh, that went with him with Jake Butt, Lewis, and I can't remember who the other one was. Do you remember? No. No, I can't remember either, but Button Lewis, I remember. <laughs> and I'm sorry about forgetting the other one. Well, I thought he did an excellent job this year. I, I have to give him an A this time. The one flaw that he appeared to have is he did not mention the two poor players, uh, one from Nebraska, one from Michigan State, that were killed in the car accident until later. Uh, all the other coaches mentioned it up front, and, and but for some reason he didn't get into that until later. But he did get into it, and was seriously sad and all all that was required there. So uh, that part was good. As far as the start of the season, it's a backloaded season. They're going to have some time to get ready on the front end, but that fourth game is going to come up, and it's going to be Wisconsin. And I think that will be a challenge. And from then on, it's going to get uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And the opening of Nike, I'll leave, I'll leave that to you. How come you're not down there tonight? The band's there. The, uh, the dancers are there. They're having a street party from 10 to midnight, and then midnight they begin sales, and the real deal opens, and then they're going to have more stuff in Detroit. You can go into all that if you want. But, uh, yeah, well, again, it's a, it's a great big event, and it's interesting because, um, listen, I, I know lots of people are excited. I'm really excited about Nike being back. You know, again, I, I'm, I'm not super excited about the Jumpman logo. 
being on, you know, football uniforms as it appears it's going to be. That's because you're a Pistons fan. Well, but but again, let's just be practical. Forget the the Jordan connection. Um, I mean, it's a basketball guy on a football uniform. Um, I, I mean, that, that's about as crazy as putting, uh, you know, the Jumpman logo on a baseball uniform, considering, you know, Jordan's uh, less than stellar trek through the minor leagues. Now, it's going to be interesting because from a branding standpoint, you know, they love when they can cross two brands together. And there's no doubt that the Jumpman logo is, is a major brand. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned before, it's popular among the recruits, and that's the thing that's really going to be important. Um, you know, again, I'm old and cranky. I have a whole closet full of jerseys. I, I, I can't imagine myself running down and, and picking up one just, uh, just, just to get the Jumpman logo. I mean, and again, what's funny about this stuff is, you know, the time that I want to buy one is, you know, if they go undefeated and win a national championship, well, then then I might want one. You know, it's funny to me how so much of this merchandise is sold on um, what might happen. I mean, you know, I always laughed, you know, around town when, you know, all the retailers would have a, a shirt commemorating Michigan making a bowl game. And I used to say, listen, if they go to the bowl and lose, I don't want to remember it. Um, but, you know, it's right around the Christmas season, and, and a lot of people end up with, with those in their, uh, you know, in their Collection. under their Christmas tree. And I'll tell you, I mean, I'll give you an example. You know, I have a really nice 2005 Rose Bowl shirt. Well, that one didn't turn out so good. Now, it was a good game, so it's not like I'm embarrassed. You know, it's not like some of the Michigan-USC games that were blowouts. But it's not exactly a super great memory. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, what we've seen with Harbaugh so far is that there's so much excitement around the program that people are willing to snap stuff up. And and listen, I, I was unhappy with, with Adidas. So there's a lot of pent-up dollars and frustration that are going to be spent tonight. Um, again, looking forward to seeing the stuff. <laughs> looking forward to seeing how it's going to come down. Um, you know, as far as the Big Ten meetings go, um, you know, again, the, the big thing for me is is now the season started. I mean, that for me is kind of the official start. Um, practice starts up here in the next week or so. And, you know, we get down to the real business of we know that Harbaugh can win the day um when there's not games. And again, that's something to be you know, commended. I mean, he, he brings a ton of attention to the program, and he definitely has dominated the news cycles um, you know, since the close of the season. Um, now, you know, the, the work, work begins. You've got you to gotta build a new quarterback. You've got to get a new guy ready. Rudick is gone. And, you know, one of the interesting things that came out of the Big Ten meetings was to hear some of the, the effusive praise from former opponents on how much Rudock improved. And, you know, we, and we've talked about this before, Andy. Michigan has to be quarterback you. You know, if you're a quarterback of, of middling talent or if, you're, or, or if you're an elite talent, you got to wonder what, you know, working with this staff and Coach Harbaugh could do for you. 
it's, it's no mystery that, that he is probably the best prepared coach ever. I mean, all those years in the pros, his sterling career at Michigan, the whole thing, all adds up, and he surrounds himself with coaches that are top of the line. So, uh, and he has a dedicated quarterback coach. I can remember it wasn't too many years ago when Michigan didn't even have an extra dedicated quarterback coach. Uh, just the head coach looking at the quarterbacks, and I don't think that worked out well. So I don't worry about quarterback. He's going to find one. He's going to mold one. He's got some talent there uh, to look forward to. No matter which one he picks, it's going to be the best one, and that's reassuring. What I worry about more is that center position with Mason Cole coming over from left tackle. Mason Cole will not be experienced at the center position. He had a little bit of trouble last year with the bigger opponent when he got to the better opponents and they, and he faced the bigger people. He didn't do as well, uh, especially in that last game. So, uh, I think that's the biggest thing that they got on offense is whether or not Mason Cole can handle that. He's a good football player, but he's got to be a great football player for them to, to have a good offensive line. It's a key position. Quarterback will be okay with Harbaugh sitting on that problem. I'm not worried at all because he's going to get somebody in there as good as Ruddock was to start with or better, and he's going to teach them they're going to mature. He, he's a great quarterback coach. He's got all the experience that a man can have at that position. See, the, the, the issue that I have, the question I have, is how soon will that quarterback come online and be and be good to go? Um, you know, it took a couple games for Redock. Actually, I'd say about half the season for Redock to get really good. Um, yeah, but I have a comment on that. Redock, you know, he wasn't here in the spring, and he came in late. And everything because of the transfer, the graduate transfer business. These guys, everybody there, except for the freshmen, have been in the program for a while. They've all been there for a while. They've all studied this um, uh, thing. And I think they're going to advance quicker than Rollick did. But he, he was, he turned out to be an uh, astoundingly good after, but it took him a, a great deal of time, just like you stated. Well, definitely an interesting season on tap. So what do you think about the changes with Fan Day slash Media Day? Well, I think, like you commented earlier when we talked earlier about this uh, idea, they could have notified people earlier than just now when it's coming up on the, was supposed to be coming up on the 6th. So the fans really didn't get a whole lot of notice. I think it was like you thought then, and I think now too that that they should have given given them a little more time to to uh, digest that. But it's all right with me because it'll be less crowded on there for the media day that's coming up, and I'm really looking forward to that too. You know. The thing about it is, with the way that Harbaugh maximizes time with his team, 
I can understand why they're doing this. Um, again, it's a, it's a distraction. And Absolutely. It certainly is. There, there's good reason to do it. And the thing is, is we've seen this from going to these things over the years. Um, you know, it's taken an interesting turn. They used to be during the week. So if you had it during the week, you kind of limited the crowd a little bit on, you know, who could, you know, was crazy enough to take a vacation day or could, could rearrange their schedule to come. So then it evolved to be, well, we want as many kids to come as possible, so we're going to move it to the weekend. And, and really, it exploded in size when they moved it to the weekend. So, um, I, you know, looking at it now, uh, it'll be interesting how they manage it in the spring. And really, it'll add some more sizzle to the spring, which, you know, except for the spring game, there, there's not usually a lot for for fans to do. And I wonder if they're just going to make it part and parcel with the spring game, where it's all on one day. And then what's interesting is that the spring game is technically their last practice. So I wonder if by moving it to the spring and if you had it, quote-unquote, after the spring game, meaning as the game ended, I wonder if that wouldn't count against their team time. So, you know, when I started thinking about this, I wondered if, if, you know, perhaps Harbaugh was was reaching back and, and, you know, trying to maximize the time that he has with his team. And it'll be interesting. I'm sure that question will come up when the event is rescheduled. And like I said, my money's on it being the same day as the spring game. Get get everything out of the way all at once. Um, right. Because it is a distraction. His players spend all day uh, when they could be doing other things. Uh, you know, they're all afternoon at Michigan Stadium uh Doing autographs and talking to fans, and that's that's a laudable thing. The fans really appreciate that, and the long and the lines to get autographs and see those players were long. There were a little there this last time, and the time before, and the time before. So it's something that the fans really like. I'm sure they won't spoil it for each team or the followers of the team, the fans. They'll do it right, probably. We'll see. We'll be watching the see. I think they will, and I'm sure they'll be, you know, Nike will be selling some gear to commemorate the event. Um, so, we'll, you know, we'll have to stand by and see how it's going to go. So One thing we haven't... One thing we haven't talked about that I thought maybe you'd be... would dive into a little bit is... Uh, Obviously, the winds of change are coming to football. As studies come out that show that there are injuries, when you tee it off, start the game, what changes do you think might happen to make that more palatable? Lessen injuries. Well, and get that off the plate. If we think about it, they there have been adjustments to kickoffs for a long time. I mean, you can go back and look when you know the players used to run the flying wedge, and uh, you know everybody would would grab shoulder pads and and run in a big wedge up the front, and you'd have to have defenders throw their bodies and and do things. Um, You know, it's unfortunate because. 
I love kick returns. I love. Anyway, it, it you know, it's frustrating that for a long time Michigan hasn't been very good at it. <laughs> you know, in the the yeah. Hulk and, uh, and and Rodriguez um, years, but you know, I again <laughs> the rumor is that um, you know, and part this is part and parcel with the whole concussion discussion that you know. The, and there are those who deny it, but you know there, there's a significant amount of research that shows that um, it's not just the big hits that cause brain damage. Um, it's the small repeated hits. For example, the the kind of hits that linemen get in scrimmaging every day. So there is a school of thought that says that they're going to hit less and less in practice and save it for the games. Now, if you look at some of the biggest collisions. They come on on kickoff. I mean, you've got guys running, you know, 60 yards at each other, and and they want to limit that damage. And Minnesota came up with a reason why that I thought that I hadn't heard before, and I give it some credence. He says that possibly they could eliminate double-team blocking on kickoffs and confine it to man-on-man. One-on-one blocking only, no double teaming, and the double teaming at fast speeds and stuff. I can understand where that might be a problem, and that might be a salve that helps uh, calm the waters on the question. But there's going to be change. The change is going to come, and there needs to be change if they can prove if there's there's scientific information that shows that these people are really getting hurt. Sustaining injuries that follow them the rest of the lifetime and make their life hell, then, then the change should come. And you, you mentioned part of what is coming or is, is going to be in effect for 2018 and on is that practice times are going to be cut for college players. It's not on a rule yet, but I think it's going to be. Well, and, and I, what I'm going to be, what I'm going to be paying close attention to is, it's one thing to have team time, and it's another thing to have contact time. I think what we're going to see is the contact time cut down, because it needs to be, you know. And again, we, you know, there will be people who decry the wussification of football, but the reality is, it's going to need to be mandated. It's going to be, the, it's going to need to be the same for everyone. And um, we, we're going to have to, again, you know, the thing that the NFL is facing is you have a ton of media outlets now, you know, 500 cable channels or more. And it used to be, you know, when you think about, you know, players in the 60s and 70s, you know, players would, would be prominent and, and kind of disappear after their careers. And, you know, it, it's you look at the uh, how some of these players kind of suffered in obscurity and there wasn't a lot of attention given it to given to it. Well, now, you know, if if, if players of the day start having these problems or over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years, I mean, you, you look at you look at, you know, the, the Lions just had one of the top players in the game, you know, Megatron retire just from the normal wear and tear of the game 
and, and, and not so much the concussion aspect, but, but just the wear and tear. You know, got tired of hurting every day. And, you know, if a player like that, like Calvin Johnson, who's one of the greatest players, you know, to play the position, you know, in, in this era, um, making, you know, huge amount of money, if it's not worth it for him, how much is it not worth it for, you know, the, the scrubs who, who barely play? Um, Too bad. So the, the problem you have is, is that, that, you know, the NFL is the biggest thing going, the league. Um, but, you know, it's all on sponsorships. It's all on money. And if some of these players start having a, having a bad end, and I, I think it's specifically of like a player like Junior Seau, who is incredibly well-spoken, incredibly bright. Absolutely. And for a player like that to come to such a bad end, um, you know, it, it, the NFL really needs to take care of it. And, and let's understand that the NFL's problems are, are, are college football's problems. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond. And, you know, it'll be interesting, too. I mean, the, the, the game is going to change. I mean, I think that, you know, when you look back, you know, you have players who are bigger and faster than ever. You have guys wearing lightweight equipment. I mean, they're armored from head to toe. And they're launching themselves like missiles at other guys. I mean, it's is it's something to be taken care of. And again, if you love the game, you want to be ahead of this. You don't want to have something, you know, you either do or you get done. And I think that, um, you know, the way they're looking at new helmet technology, the way they're looking at rules. Uh, now, I'll tell you, I, I, you know, perhaps they only, uh, you know, start each half with a kick. Okay? You know, that may be something that happens where... You still have it in the game, but you limit the, uh, you know, you limit the number of reps as far as kickoffs go. I mean, I mean, would it really kill you just to start on the twenty? I mean, what's funny is that as the specialists are getting better, you know, one of the only times you you don't have you know the the you know a touchback and have the team start on the twenty is when you have weather conditions intervene or if one team just doesn't have a real good kicker. So, you know, would it kill you just to start on the 20? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I would like to see it incorporated, remain a part of the game somehow. Again, maybe you start off each half. Um, you know, that would be fine. But, 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 Andy, look at it this way. Look at the overtime rules, okay? The overtime rules, the team starts, you know, at the same place. Both teams start at the same place. Is overtime any less exciting because of it? No, but so, part of that is because it's overtime too, because there's sudden death. Well, you yeah, know, but after it's, each after yeah. each team. Yep. So, uh, so that's scored. the thing. I mean, I, I want for the overall health of the game, you want, um, you, know, you want rules and, and situations so the players stay healthy. Because again, most of the guys, most of these guys aren't going to play pro. So the reality is, is how do you preserve them to go on to their careers and, and you know not not lose you know a significant portion of the enjoyment of their life you know for playing a couple of years. Um, for the head injuries, maybe maybe there are helmets out there that can be designed to uh, meet the aesthetics and and but protect people more than the ones do now. I've heard talk of 
having a soft shell on the outside rather than the hard shell. You know, I don't know what all this would look like. They're, they're going to be sensitive about how they look as well as the protection those kids are. But if the if the younger kids are not going into the game, are not interested in playing the game, the boys are neglecting the game at the lower levels. It's going to hurt the sport. So they, if they want to if they want to preserve themselves, the NFL, the college people, everybody will do all they can to make the game as safe as possible. But some people say. It's like trying to sanitize and make safe a car accident because it is amazing when you're up close on that field and you're seeing those kids and how quick they are and the weight mismatch of sitting each other and those see those pads flack so you know they're hitting hard. It really uh, is an amazing thing that more people are hurt than are. Well, and again, look at it this way. Think about how many more plays current teams run. Every time you're running, you know, a significant you know, addition of the amount of plays, there are more opportunities for people to get hurt. So it, it, it there's a lot that comes into play. Um, and again, overall, you know, you want an exciting game, but you also don't want people to be maimed. So I uh, there are a lot of things for them to look at. And uh, hope hope that they they do the best. Um, so I think that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. We will return next week, post media day, with our with what we learn from the coaches and the players. It's going to do it. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue.